Genesis chapter 17 comes now to that special time that Abraham was waiting for. It was the sign from God to have a son that was going to be of him and his wife Sarah who could actually not bear children. And Abraham's life had consisted of numerous tests at this point that he was dealing with. And right now he was dealing with the seventh test that was given to him that would be in the form of circumcision. And when it all comes down to the tests that were given, uh, they were different in each test, but all led to the test of faith. And Abraham was a, a patriarch of the faith, a patriarch of the people who was justified by his faith. And we too as well must walk and, and live by faith. You know, it's the Lord that allows us to wake up every morning. If we think about it, our lungs are involuntary muscles. We have no control of our lungs, and especially when we sleep. So when you wake up every morning, you can thank the Lord for that. And when we leave our homes, we must walk out in faith. Expecting to come home is what we do, and do everything we do on a normal basis. But sometimes things happen that changes that. But faith is what we must be relying on. And at times, I love to quote uh, things from the late Charles Spurgeon, a very famous uh, preacher from the 1800s. And, and this one uh, hits home as I quote, if, if we cannot believe God when circumstances seem against us, we do not believe in him at all. Well, we're going to see what faith does for Abraham because faith is a blessing to all people. Okay, and no, Abraham was up there in age, and we will see that uh, that we're never too old to be used by God. Every day is His, and He uses them for His will and purpose. Okay, now we look at, uh, when we were in chapter 16, I titled that message, Jumping the Gun. And to give a little recap of where we're at now, I, I always feel led to kind of recap a little bit of where we were at. Okay, in the previous chapter, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had, had made the decision that Abraham should go ahead and have a child with the handmaiden by the name of Hagar, who was an Egyptian woman that they most likely obtained when they, uh, when they went to Egypt that time, when God had called them to Canaan, and they ended up going to Egypt for a short period of time. Well, Sarah could not have children, she could not bear children, and realized that in her own mind, that, well, this is it. Let me come up with a plan B, and here we go. I'm going to have you go ahead and have a child with my handmaiden, and then basically the child will be of mine through like that of adoption, of spiritual adoption. Now, that wasn't exactly what the Lord had planned. And that, that, was, that was a plan that was done by Sarah, and Abraham went ahead, and he went through with it. Now, at this point, some years had gone by from uh, chapters 16 to 17. But we're going to see again, what we see here is again, everything faith-based, everything faith-led. Okay, that's what, that's what this is about. And, and we're going to see the faithfulness of God. In, in the fact of his covenants and the covenants that he made, he always, always stuck to them. And that's one thing we can always rely on is our God who, who basically stays by and stands by what he says he's going to do. See, God can do whatever he wants and nobody, nobody has any authority to question that. Although we do, we, we, we have no no power, no authority to, to question him. Because he stands by what he says. 
And and so reading through the Bible, it really again the reminders come to me every single time. That yes, he is a God of promise. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. But he doesn't always tell us when he's going to do it. And I think that's the kicker for most of us. Is because we're we're creatures of habit when it comes to time. We want it right now. We want to know right now what is going to happen. Well, it is very rare that he's ever given times, but he does he does say when something's going to happen, we have seen it happen over and over and over. And so we're going to see that today. We're going to see that uh, that God will use Abraham and, and, and not just use him, but also live up to the promise that he was given. But he, he throws in an extra covenant. He throws in a little something more that he asks Abraham to do with that test of faith. Okay? And, and like I said, I like to title this message, Never Too Old for God. So let's go ahead and take a look. If you have your Bible with you, let's go ahead and jump into Genesis chapter 17. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 to start with. And it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me... Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall be from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an ever everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So we are now at that point where I will start referring him to his God-given name of Abraham, which Abraham means the father of many, the father of many nations. And from uh, chapter 16, the previous chapter, chapter Abraham, was, Abraham was 86 years old, as he is now 99 years old. Now, the, the covenant was brought up twice in chapter 12 and 15. This was 25 years from the first time God made the promise. I've mentioned in previous chapters that when God made a promise or gave a prophecy, there, there always wasn't a time when it would come. Okay? But, and, and this was one of many examples. God showed up and said, it's time now. His promise stands true, as I mentioned earlier. It says covenant 13 times in this chapter. In this chapter alone. So it was obviously important to God if he had mentioned the word covenant this many times in one chapter. So as Abraham was spoken to, God said, walk before me and be blameless. Okay, now Abraham had been walking with God for some time now. But like any of us, you know, there was times of, of self-made mishaps. First, Abram not coming to Canaan as God called, as he Abram had his Abraham had his father as a roadblock with him at the time. So Abraham delayed uh, the, the journey the, when God called him to Canaan. He he made his way halfway with his father, 
and waited for his father to pass away where he did and then he asked, and then he came but then he and sarah went to egypt on his own accord to find resources provided by man when there was a famine in the land of canaan when he'd gotten there third he we found himself in the previous chapter listening to his wife by having a child with hagar sarah's handmaiden now when abraham had ishmael with Hagar, that was in chapter 16, which was 13 years past from where we're reading at right now. But God calls and commands him to be blameless. Okay, so to a first time hearer of the, of the word, of the Bible, its Hebrew meaning translates whole, okay, or, or integrated, like, like a connection to something. And he gave the instruction, then the reminder of the promise, but the command was for, for Abraham to walk closer, and by walking closer, closer, we do become whole. We become integrated with God. And like Abraham, it takes time to get to that point of learning what to do and not to do. You know, at 99 years old, it was, it was time. Well, for those who know the life of Abraham, he lived a little while longer. But it got, uh, it got to this point at 99 years old that God says, now you're ready. But be blameless. You know, we're never too old to change. We're never too old to grow. We, we tend to get set in our ways, okay? But God calls us to be set in His ways. And, and when we're set in His ways, then His promise comes through. The blessings were also, uh, were also on His descendants. But God does deal with those individually as well, depending on our actions, which God speaks about in Ezekiel chapter 18, uh, verse 20 and above. Uh, if you were to read Ezekiel chapter 18, there was a section in there where God was speaking to Ezekiel on the, oh, basically on, on the children of those who had fallen. Long story short, how that how that goes was that God was holding everybody accountable for their own actions. Okay, so yes, Abraham's descendants were blessed. But anybody who would be doing something on their own accord against God would be dealt with on their own accord. But such amazing grace we find in the Lord as he does require us to do right. Okay, the fact that he sees something in us at all is a blessing. And it's a form of encouragement. That, that, that there's been many questions asked that because of what had happened with my descendants and my family, am I cursed? Am I dealing with this? Well, we do feel the effects of the things that um, that our parents or or maybe even our grandparents have done. There's the old uh, saying that apples do not fall far from the tree. Okay, but God does bless and and God does watch over those who do right and who walk with Him. So we have we have his word that indicates the truth. So let's take a verse a, a check over here at verse 9 through 14. We're going to be seeing here and God said to Abraham, "As for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised." And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations, he, he who is born in your house or brought, uh, bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is uh, bought in your money 
must be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the circumcised male child, who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So as part of the covenant God had done in his part, and now had Abraham do something in return. Okay, to circumcise himself at the age of 99 on top of it. See, it was an outward cutting of the flesh. A sign of a covenant, just as, uh, just as in our day, w- when we were uh, wedding rings, as an outward sign of our covenant commitment with our spouse, this was an outward sign of the covenant of Abraham and his descendants with God. This was a true test for Abraham to take, uh, to take on such a task at his age. You know, his faith, his obedience was a true blessing to see. So why was it implemented? Well, again, a sign of obedience and commitment was first. It was an identification uh, that a man circumcised was a Jew, as God commanded. Thing, God commanded things that were required. It was done to avoid things and, and, and also to avoid the rituals that pagan nations were doing that angered God. So we're going to see that later on as we venture through the Bible where God gives instructions and he also gives uh, laws, if you will. And a, a lot of the laws that were going on were basically counteracting what, they, what Israel's neighbors were doing that were not pleasing to God. Because he had set them aside from, uh, from the things that other people were doing. And, and there were also many health benefits as well that were also discovered over time for those who were circumcised. And as God required on the eighth day, okay, this was to take place. And it was found that a, a baby's immune system was actually more durable during this time. And, and this was thousands of years back that is still being practiced today, okay, because God knows best for he created human life. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing something thousands of years ago that, that is still, still being done today that is still absol- absolutely best for, for us. Nothing has changed. But again, to focus on the commandment, it, it's the important factor that the sign of what was done. Yes, there was health benefits, absolutely. Okay, yes, it was pleasing to God that the parents had their son circumcised. But again, the meaning was separation. Separation from the world and, and of the flesh of the heart. See, his people, he wanted to be spiritually minded. And that's all people who follow God. That is what he requires from every one of us. See, at that time, those who refused, refused to be recognized as belonging to God. But as that was done as a baby, the question is, is how will one live and how will one follow God as they get older? Okay, There is no argument that those who were circumcised that turn their hearts from God and his ways are free from consequences. Okay, we have, to, we have to read the whole word of God to see that that was never the case. Okay, we can, we can wear all the spiritual clothing, we can wear all the spiritual jewelry in the world. And it will mean absolutely nothing if our hearts are not circumcised. And we receive first the Lord. And then from there our lives and actions are to take place. Okay, Abraham had already been walking with God for some years before this took place. So what an example he was in the faith. Okay, so praise be to God that we have these examples that were given to us. Because again, 
for many years there's been so much argument over the um, over the issue of circumcision circumcision versus salvation now again if you've read the whole word of God you will see that even those people who were circumcised decided to fall away and worship false gods I don't see God basically saying well because they're circumcised I'm going to allow them to do this absolutely not God is a just God Okay, so the, the circumcision was one of the first steps, and that was done by our parents. The blessings also be to them, for those that were done, to the parents that were making the decision for that child. And then the child, as they got older, well, after they got older to make their own decisions, their blessings came on their own decisions. So as we take a look here, we're going to be observing verses 15, 15 to 22. And then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is one hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Okay, He shall beget twelve princes. And I will make him a great nation, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So more interesting, but blessed news came to Abraham. His wife Sarai was was now to be called Sarah. Okay, Sarai meant contentious, <laughs> while Sarah's name uh, was uh, like the meaning of of a princess. And she will give birth. Her womb was closed. She was not supposed to, but but to the uh, to the child that was promised at ninety years old. Now, in in our day and age, we're at two thousand sixteen right now. And doing some research, the oldest woman to give birth over over a period of years was somewhere between 70 to 71 years old. And that is very risky for the life of a child. Okay, so 90 years old to Sarah was even great was an even greater miracle that displayed God's ability. And Abraham recognized the blessed miracle by his laughter. Okay, he he would be a record setter for childbirth at his age. But God lived up to his promise. He did tell Abraham that his son would come from him, and by having Ishmael, he very well could have thought that he was it. But no, that wasn't God's plan. The previous message in chapter 15 I titled, Jumping the Gun, because that's what he did by having a son with Sarah's handmaid, uh, Hagar. We see that uh, time in God's house has no watch or clocks. Okay, like the thing we look at numerous times a day. There's no need. He knows the exact time of all things. Okay, a thousand years on earth is to a day in heaven now. Now, Ishmael would be blessed as Abraham prayed for it. 
but the son of promise was the, uh, was the son to come who was Isaac. Now, what I love about God is God has a sense of humor himself. You know, as Abraham laughed about the fact that he would be a, a hundred-year-old father, God said to name him Isaac, which actually means laughter. Now, now to read it in its context, when Abraham had laughed, he did so with joy that what he was waiting for would actually finally be here. But we can easily see Abraham's outlook of it. I can't believe it. We could only conceive so much due to statistics or biology for, um, for some, for some there's a scientific explanation for everything out there. When indeed, many times, many were left baffled in the, the, uh, look at the scientific explanation. So then theories start to be made. And now we have what we think is an answer due to the theories. But what is biologically or scientifically impossible to man is nothing to God. Which is why he reveals himself and his abilities to all of mankind. But the ones who believe, okay, are, are the ones who believe are unfortunately the, the minimal. The minimal is what we'll believe. God knew who did and, and, and used those who did. Okay, God, God knew who did and used those who did believe. And that's the, that's the amazing thing about the Lord is he knows the hearts of every single person. There is nothing hidden from him. Okay, we don't know, again, Abraham's past. In, when, when he was called out of the land of Ur and the Chaldean area, when he was called away from there, there we didn't have anything of his past. We didn't see anything of, of why it was that God used him. Why was it that he was chosen? Well, that don't matter because we know that God knows all things. God had seen him and chose him. He was he was the one that God had seen what what he was going to do. God seen his faith. God knew his heart. God does not make mistakes. And and so again, the, the blessings once again are, are to witness these things, to see the things, that, that, to know that the God we read about, worship and love, knows all things at every given moment. And, and so he knew Abraham, he knew what he was going to be doing, and, and he chose the right person. And, and as we carry on, we're going to see, we're going to see why. But again, we can never question God. We, even though we do, we can't question him in regards to his choices of things. The Bible says that even the angels will question why he chose us humans okay, to be doing what we're doing. So, if anything, reading the Bible in its full context, we can see that, well, those, those before us we can see why God chose. Because we do have the picture. We have the big picture here. Now let's take a, ver uh, take a look at verses 23. 23 through 27. And it says, So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all who were born in his house, and all who were uh, bought with his money, every male among uh, the men of Abram's, Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day. As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. 
That very same day Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael. And all the men of his house were born in the house or bought with money from a, uh, a foreigner were circumcised with him. So we're never too old to change or grow in the Lord as I said. Yes, circumcision was an exterior physical commitment, but it comes from the inside first, before people can see the outer light. Abraham automatically circumcised himself, Ishmael and all men within his household. Okay, now if if we men at our adult ages were told to be circumcised, I am willing to bet that you'd see groups of us guys trampling over one another to get out that door when that situation came. Okay, from here we see Abraham as one who does exactly what God says with no hesitation whatsoever. You know, over the years, Abraham did a few things on his own thoughts and wants. So it took Abraham some years to get to this point. But we see now that God had seen the time and said, now you are ready. Okay, this is a well-known scripture in the book of Joshua that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Abraham got to be the founding example of that passage. And even at his age, he didn't say, well, I'm too old for this stuff. But everyone else can do this, and I'll just continue in my ways. Abraham wasn't, ex- uh, Abraham wasn't exactly a very young man when God called him out of his homeland. Okay, We look at Moses. Moses was about 80 years old when God called him into, to lead his people out of slavery. So age means nothing to God. Even the younger can be discouraged. And God called young men as well. The prophet Jeremiah said, when God had called the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, why me, Lord? I am still just a babe. And, and, and God called him into prophetic ministry as a young man. So as Abraham was a patriarch in his nation, and amongst his people, God calls us to be the same in our households, in our churches, wherever we are. There is no age limit to be used by God. Okay, we have scripture to prove it. And I I heard a saying that if someone has two hands, then they always have a fighting chance. Well, if someone has a beating heart and an understanding for what they're reading, then they can always be used by God if they're willing. And more importantly, salvation can always be obtained. We must receive him first inside before we are noticed that we are of him from the outside. Okay, as I mentioned before, there is no amount of, 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 of spiritual clothing that somebody could dress themselves in. There is no jewelry. There, there is no uh, hats or headwear that we can wear that, that will mean anything. Outside of the, the truth in, in our hearts. Our hearts is what displays what it is that God's looking for. Abraham, again, we didn't know anything about him from the time when God called him. But God called him and seen him because of his heart. And because of his actions later on, he was known. And we're all the, we're all the same in that way. He calls us too. He's looking from he's looking at the inside of us. And by that everything else is starting to be seen. You know, there there's if you look at a light bulb, 
Uh, every light bulb has something inside of it that causes the light to shine on the outside of it. Well, again, when we are connected to the source, like a light bulb, when you hit that switch, well, the only reason it comes on is because it's actually connected to the source. And for us, we live in the same way. We must be connected to the source in order to be of light and to live in the light. And, and what a wonderful example we have in Abraham. It's been such a blessing to see. Again, what do we see when we open up the Bible? What do we see when we, when we open up the Word of God? Are we hit with a ray of light or are we hit with a cloud of dust? Okay, so I, I pray over and over again that a ray of light is seen in every single chapter, every single verse, because that is the power of the Bible. Okay, so again, I'll always say that it's not here for a good read. It is here for a reason, and it's here for a reason that changes lives and saves souls. That's what God came for. He didn't put these, he didn't give uh, Bibles that he put in hotel dressing, dresser drawers and he didn't put them on mantles for decoration. They were meant to be open and they were meant to be uh, worn out looking on the outside. Because he wants us to be, to be constantly using and, and, and relying on his word. So as you have witnessed and heard what Abraham had did, it didn't stop from there. Okay, years and years later, God had sent his only begotten son to die for, for this world on a cross by the name of Jesus Christ. And by and that, Jesus Christ was proven also to be a descendant of Abraham. And so what a blessing again to know that, that the accuracy of the Bible. What a blessing to see. That, that God has family members in human form that led to the Messiah. So I pray that if you are willing, and if you want eternal life, God said the only way to obtain that is by receiving His Son as your Lord and Savior. So if you believe, and if you want to receive the Lord, and if you want to receive eternal life, well, this is the only way. And this is not by me saying it. I am, I, am simply, I am simply just repeating what it says in his word. He said that only through him we can come into the kingdom. So if you want to receive him now, pray this prayer after me. Father Lord, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of my sins, Lord. I ask of you to change me, Lord. I ask of you to come into my heart and to forgive me, Lord, of my sins. Wash me clean, Lord. And Lord, I receive you as my Father. I receive you as my Savior, Lord. I believe, Lord, that you had died for me and that you had died for my sins, Lord. So, Lord, I now receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you and I love you. I thank you for having me, Lord. I receive you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, God bless every single one of you. It is a blessing to be doing this. I pray that, again, that most of all that you have received the Lord, and then by that you'll be growing into Him, and that you will be connected in order to receive the light. So again, I'll be praying for you, and I want to thank you again, and may God bless you and, and your families and your friends. And may you be used mightily in your life.
Again, God bless you and take care.